Hello everybody. Today another important and not quite easy subject. A subject that has occupied my mind for a long time, many, many years. Male violence. I think I already told you that I worked voluntarily a few years in a women's shelter and after the women had told me their story, many, many women had told me their stories, I decided to go into a prison for men, again working voluntarily, because I had so many questions about male violence after these years, like how come there is so much male violence? Aren't there causes for this? Mm. Is there anything we can do about it? How come we just accept it as a fact? And with these questions, I went, many years ago, I went into these prisons. And over the years, many men told me their life stories. Have I got any conclusions? Did I come to any answers of my questions? Yes, to a certain extent, yes. I found that these men who, whose life were well, not ended, but ended at the moment when I got to know them in prison, had brought them into prison. The problems in their lives had started when they had been very little boys, innocent, sweet, nice little boys. That's where the problem started, in their parental homes. Their fathers and or mothers, very often, the, the vast majority of the men I talked to had experienced violence in their parental homes. Psychological violence, also physical violence. Also, there had been nobody to, to support them, to be there for them, to love them to tell them what it means to be a decent human being, what it means to have to confide in other human beings, what it means to confide in your own abilities. So then, at around six or something, of course, the boys start school. And with this lack of things they have already not learned in their homes, they are, most of them, are difficult pupils. So, unfortunately, I quite understand, but it is a shame. So, because they were already difficult, their teachers didn't support them either. So, the problems continued. And again, no adult to help them on in these problems and to show them which would have been the better way to go. Then the next step, of course, after school, many of them have very little school education and no very high um, exam at the end of their school career. So what do you become with that? What, what profession, what job, what skilled worker are you going to be with no, no good school education before? Of course you'd not. 
Now the boys are in their teens. And although they have little education, they're not stupid, of course. So they know that legally they will never be able to earn a lot of money. And a lot of money is what they want because the boys who are just a little older come around in the big cars with the pretty girls in them. And this image, there is a disastrous image of manliness, of manhood, of masculinity, if you like, that these older boys pass on to them. A big car is important. Good education isn't. And at this moment, false friends are always there. The wrong kinds of friends, I mean. So they say to the young boy, the young man, you know, on the threshold of becoming a man, say, they say, you want to make big money? No problem. Of course, whatever the man offers as a job to make big money is illegal, obviously. Once or twice it works well. The boy or the young man gets a thousand euros, say, or dollars or whatever. That's a lot of money for a young man. But then, very soon after, they st stand in a police station for the first time in their lives. And at that point, I would now know that it won't be long until I will be visiting them in a prison. One of the men that I look, have been looking after for a long time now, because he serves a lifelong sentence for murder, he trained to become a baker in prison. And very often when we meet in prison, we say, you know, what would have become of his life if he had trained to be a baker before he went into prison, not in prison? And another true story, just before Corona, I sat in a taxi with one of my brothers and he is a professor for physics at a university. So the, the taxi driver came to speak with my brother and the taxi driver was a young man, visibly of foreign origin, with impeccable German, very polite, very kind, very nice boy, intelligent, outspoken. And he said to my brother, oh, physics. When I went to school, I was very interested in physics and, you know, I was very good at it, too. And while the young man discussed the Big Bang with my brother, I thought, what goes wrong in our society that a young man, interested, intelligent, interested in national sciences, becomes a taxi driver rather than some skilled worker who will earn, be able to earn a lot of money and do good to people. Education, that's what we're back at. We turn backwards to the beginning of the story of those men I visited in prison when I said, 
the problem started in early childhood. Education at home and in schools and for a profession. You know, people seem to think that in my country you learn everything, even painting walls you learn for three years, everything you learn. Only rearing children, we human beings seem to believe that rearing children is an instinct that we all have. Animals still have that instinct, no doubt. We human beings have lost that instinct ages ago. What we human beings do to each other and due to our children is often beyond words. So, as a society, we have to watch over our children. And if anything goes wrong and we see it, we have to intervene as early as possible. Now, you might think, what about the victims? She's talking about the offenders the whole time. Hasn't she forgotten the victims? No, I haven't. Think. Each and every offender that we can stop from being a, an offender means we have saved a victim. Yeah, there is a direct connection between that. And also, you might not know, prisons are exceedingly expensive. Goodbye.